This is Stacey Hillier, and you are listening to the Prophetic Collective Podcast. So today, I'm going to kick off by answering a couple of the questions that came in via social media. Thank you so much to everybody who responded. I have loved looking at all of your questions. So let's start with this one from a beautiful listener who says, is it biblical to work or study on the Sabbath? And then they put, I try my best not to, but a lot of my Christian friends do. Brilliant question. Thank you for asking such a vulnerable question. In short, the answer to can I work or study on the Sabbath is no. Sorry, but it's no. If you listen to last week's episode, you'll hear that I actually talk about stopping all paid and unpaid work. And this is harder and more of a challenge if you love your work. For example, I love what I do. I love what God has given me to do. And it's something that I really enjoy, especially if I'm creating music or creating vocal tracks or recording podcasts like this podcast. They're passion projects for me, but it is an act of faith and obedience. And the biblical model is stop all paid and unpaid work, including study. It's meant to be a time where you rest, you delight and you contemplate where you pull your eyes out of work, out of the books, and you see God everywhere around you. And of course, the Genesis account actually shows us that when Jesus finished his work in the six days, and that work finished there doesn't mean he ticked every single thing off his list. It means that he said, no, this is finished. And on the seventh day, he rested and he enjoyed what he had worked and created. He enjoyed and delighted and contemplated what he just created. And this is what we are meant to do. So sorry, friend. No, you cannot work or study on the Sabbath. You have to cease all paid and unpaid work. Another really good question. How does Sabbath relate to modern day Christians? Okay, Great question. I would like to say that Sabbath is not something that's going away. It's not something that only existed in the Old Testament. It's in the New Testament too. Jesus 100% shook up the rules for Sabbath because, as I mentioned in another episode, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they were putting law and rule upon rule upon rule upon rule. They were adding to the Ten Commandments. And particularly when it came to Sabbath, they were adding regulations. And Jesus was like, hang on a second. This isn't about the law. Let's get to the heart of the matter. Jesus was all about bringing the heart of God behind the Ten Commandments. And it is a commandment that we Sabbath rest. And so it's not so much about the rules and regulations that we adhere to or don't adhere to. It's about why did God ask us to Sabbath? At its most basic relational level, he wants time with us. He wants to spend unhindered, uninterrupted time with us because we're his children. It won't matter which decade or which century or which era we live in. Parents are always going to want to spend time with their children or good parents are. So it doesn't matter whether we're modern day Christians or whether we're talking about people in the Old Testament, the early church in the New Testament, Sabbath still stands and it predated law. The Sabbath 
that's embedded in creation account predated the law. It also sits within the law, but it predates it when it's embedded in creation by God himself. As modern day Christians, we wear busyness as a trophy. So to Sabbath is even more of a countercultural statement than it once was. It doesn't mean it's harder because let's remember they were working the land so they could eat the produce. So for them to even Sabbath rest the land in a seventh year was a real step of faith. Modern day Christians, Sabbath is for you. It will still be a step of faith. You're still called to intimacy, which means you're still called to this relational day, which God calls holy. Okay, another question is, how do you define what is work? If it is still refreshing, is it still work? Well, I kind of answered this in the first question. Yes, if it's paid or unpaid work, things that just have to be done, then it is not something to be done on Sabbath. How we define what work is, do you get paid for it? Is it something that you have to get done on a weekly basis to keep your house running? Are they things that you have to do so that you can eat, like grocery shopping? Are they things you have to do like cleaning? Remembering that biblically, the slaves, etc., the animals that were used for production, they were all resting on the Sabbath. So I actually apply this to things like even my washing machine will rest. I won't use the dishwasher. I won't use the broom. All these things that are like our modern day slaves to make our life easier, our modern day technology, are things that I abstain from doing on a Sabbath because they are work. Now, I know that work refreshes a lot of people. My work refreshes me. Making this podcast is refreshing to me. But this is a step of trusting in God that as we stop and rest and delight and contemplate, That the type of refreshing that we will receive, remembering that scripture says that God was refreshed on the Sabbath, will be a deeper, more holistic refreshment than even your work can offer you. Final question for today. What does it practically look like? Is it time with Jesus all day? Is it different for everyone? And if it is, what's the aim? Well, here's the aim. The aim is that you develop intimacy with God that you take a faith step of obedience to encounter God, to stop, to rest, to delight, and to contemplate God's goodness and his creation in your life. And that can look different for everybody. What delights you might be different than what delights me. That's the beauty of Sabbath, discovering what delights me. It's the beauty of Sabbath. What do I like to contemplate? It'll be different for you than it is for me. And remember, no pressure here. The Israelites were figuring this out for 400 years and they did not get it right. It's okay for you to try things and go, actually, that didn't fit into a biblical Sabbath. That actually drained me. It didn't fuel me. It didn't refresh me. It's okay for you to try things and get them wrong. The point is we're working towards with a heart of love that wants to encounter God and obey him out of love, not rules and regulations, religious obligation, but wants to obey him lovingly that we figure out what Sabbath is and we have grace when we get it wrong and we have celebration when we get it right. So there's some Q&A from today. I'm going to have some more in our next episode. Again, feel free to send me more questions on social media. I pray those have been helpful 
for you. Today, we're going to talk about the second pillar of biblical Sabbath. So we've looked at stopping. Now we're going to talk about resting. Now, have you noticed that when you ask people today how they're going, often the answer you will get is, I'm so busy, I'm exhausted, I'm tired, I've just got nothing to give. Isn't it interesting that constant activity is not satisfying us at the deepest level? And yet we continue to prize busyness, which leads to exhaustion and exhaustion leaves us feeling empty. Ironically, many people genuinely feel that they are just too busy to take a rest. We believe that we need all seven days to get everything in our lives done. Well, could it be not that we need more hours in the day, not that we need to work more, but that we are simply too overscheduled? too overextended, and perhaps even operating outside of our God-given limits. And we're so busy, we don't even have time to reflect on how the heck did we get here and why are we continuing to live this way? Why are we accepting exhausted, tired, busy and empty as our normal? This is not God's heart for us. Wayne Muller says, My hurry has gotten me no further ahead. It's actually set me back. My efforts to gain time have only lost it. I find it so fascinating that the Chinese um, actually joined two characters together to form a single pictograph for busyness, heart and killing. The heart is the place that the busy life exacts its steepest toll. The busy life murders our hearts. And this is why the Chinese join these two characters, heart and killing. Isn't that profound? Rebecca Lyons said this, we are restless when we rest less. Listen to this quote from Dan B. Allender. This is in his book, which is called Sabbath. He says, we live in a dark day, but it is still rare for somebody to publicly tout his or her violation of the Ten Commandments with one exception, our debasement with busyness. We love to tell others how much we work, how much we still have to get done and how overwhelmed we are with the exhaustion of our labor. We admire busyness, productivity and speed. Yet we envy those whose leisure time is abundant. We are mad, (laughs) crazy mad, and we know it. Sabbath rest is not an option. It is a commandment. Bravo, clap hands, Dan B. Alexander, nailing it on the head. So what is interesting is if you talk to somebody who has learned to incorporate Sabbath into their life, like myself, they will tell you that they get more done in the six days now than they used to in seven. That is certainly the testimony of my life. And I'm a nicer person getting it done in the six too, I might just say. It's like the principle of the tithe. Obedience in the 10% means God does more with the 90%. Well, obedience in the one makes provision for the other six. Having said that, even if that wasn't the case, can I just say, I'd rather Sabbath and get less done then work all seven to achieve more. That's how good Sabbath is. Sabbath is simply a greater prize. But let me tell you, I do get more done in the six. I have more clarity. 
I'm happier and more joyful. I've got more to draw from in the six because I've set apart the seventh day, that one day as holy time to meet with God. You know, it's a myth that more time equals more productivity. In fact, life is just not about filling every moment up, filling it up. You know, we've lost the art of being bored. It's a good thing to be bored. It leads to deep thinking. Life is a gift in which we receive God's gifts. In fact, we may need to be inefficient at times to fully enjoy God's gifts to us. I'm going to repeat that because that's a countercultural thought. We may need to be inefficient at times to fully enjoy God's gifts to us. Ugh, that cuts deep. I don't know if you've noticed that the world's life rhythm is work, 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 work. Everybody going to work, 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 and then vacation. Work, 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 vacation. Work, 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 vacation, rinse and repeat. Work, 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 vacation. But Bible rhythm, God's rhythm in contrast is Sabbath, work. Sabbath, work. Sabbath, work. In fact, did you know in the Jewish tradition, their day starts at sundown, not at sunrise, because they believe we rest first and then we work from rest. Sabbath is the same principle. We Sabbath first and then we work from rest. Again, similar to the tithe. We tithe 10% first And then we manage the other 90%. It's a step of obedience and a step of faith. And this rhythm reflects the rhythm of all God's created world. In the cycle of day, there is light and dark. Over the course of months, there are cycles of the moon. We know there are four seasons in a year. God's created order has rhythm. And we are called, Sabbath is one way we pull ourselves back into God's unforced rhythm of grace. Listen to Matthew 11 verses 28 to 30 in the message paraphrase. It says, are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I love it. He says, I'll show you how to take a real rest and he'll teach us. We will learn the unforced rhythms of grace. And Sabbath is one of the ways we take a real rest and learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Hey, listeners. Did you know that Stacey also has a guided prayers podcast? Contemplative prayer is a biblical and rich practice that helps us to step out of the hustle and to silence the noise to hear God's voice and to let his word dwell richly in us, transforming us from the inside out. With a new guided prayer released monthly, you too can discover the rich treasures of contemplative Christian practices. Find it wherever you listen to your podcasts by searching for Guided Prayers with Stacey Hillier. Now, back to Stace. I often enter Sabbath with a breath prayer. I breathe in, I'm breathing in your rhythm. I breathe out the rhythm of the world. I breathe in your rhythm. I breathe out the rhythm of the world. 
and light a candle as you're doing that and begin your Sabbath. As Wayne Muller says, to remember Sabbath is not a burdensome requirement, but rather a remembrance of a law that is firmly embedded in the fabric of nature. It is a reminder of how things really are, the rhythmic dance to which we unavoidably belong. The problem is, in our society, we have allowed work to begin to encroach on every area of our life. I actually think that COVID exacerbated this issue because essentially the balanced rhythm of work and rest that God created for our good is now violated and we feel it. I think about some of the modern conveniences. We just think like they've been around forever, like the light bulb. It used to be not that long ago that when it got dark and you didn't have electricity and light, you went to bed and you rose with the sunrise. That's God's rhythm. But we fight our circadian rhythm all the time now by extending our daylight hours by using things like electricity. Now, don't hear what I'm saying. We're not going to all escape to the desert and have no power and have no electricity. I'm just pointing out life has changed at warp speed. And we are getting further and further away than the natural rhythm of our created order, the way God created us. And Sabbath is an opportunity to pause and to remember that and to ask questions like, is this all good? Or is there something God wants me to do that's more countercultural than perhaps I'm even comfortable with? Let's read Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30 in the Passion Translation. Are you weary and carrying a burden? Then come to me. I will refresh your life for I am your oasis. Simply join your life with mine. Learn my ways and you'll discover that I'm gentle, humble, easy to please. And you will find refreshment and rest. There's our key word for today. Rest in me. And here Jesus is inviting us, his disciples, to rest. He invites us. He invited Moses. Jesus himself, they all learnt that rest is balm for a heavy heart. You know, in Matthew 14, 23, it says about Jesus, after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was there alone. Luke 5, 15 to 16. But now even more the report about him, Jesus, went abroad. And great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. But he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. Mark 31, 32 to 33, and then 35 to 36. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or oppressed by demons, and the whole city was gathered together at the door. And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed, went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. Notice, that when the time for rest had come, Jesus actually didn't ask permission to go. He was not on call. Jesus lived by a different rhythm than the crowds demanded of him. He would simply stop, retire to a quiet place and pray. And sometimes he would take the disciples with him. Sometimes he would go alone. He did not wait until they had all completed their work. Oh, that's key. He invited them to rest in the middle of their busyness when they had no leisure, they hadn't even had time to eat. You know, somebody's being invited today to rest in the middle of your busyness. Do not wait until you get it all done. It'll never happen. Spoiler alert, 
Don't have to be a prophet to tell you. You're never going to finish that task list. Rest in the middle of your busyness. Learn how to Sabbath. One translation of the biblical phrase to pray means to come to rest. When Jesus prayed, he was at rest. And in the same way, when we rest on Sabbath, we pray. We're in continual conversation with God, continually aware of him, and we encounter our Father. So we have first this invitation to stop, the first element of biblical Sabbath, to come to Jesus, to join our life with him, and then to rest. You know, you can't rest if you don't stop first. And when Moses became weary, leading his people through their trials in the desert, God tells him, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And once we stop on Sabbath from all paid and unpaid work, we enter into rest. In Genesis 2 verses 1 to 4, we read that God rested after his work of creation And we're able to follow his model and his pattern by also resting on the seventh day. And every seventh day, we're called to do the same. Pete Scazzaro says, we engage in activities that restore and replenish us. Resting can be napping, hiking, reading, eating good food to enjoying hobbies and playing sports. The key is to rest from both paid and unpaid work. Guys, what an amazing thought. Rest can be play. You can rest and play. You just have to stop all paid and unpaid work first and then go live your best life. Live your abundant life from a place of resting in God. For us, sometimes that looks like picking up the kids from school and saying, surprise, we're all going to bounce. And then we bounce around on trampolines for an hour and it's restful to us. It's play because we've stopped all paid and unpaid work. We've stopped the regular routine of get home and get the homework done and start preparing dinner and go to the gym and do all the things that we're on this constant treadmill of doing. Instead, we've stopped all paid and unpaid work and rest for us, contemplation delight, is enjoying our kids bouncing around on a bunch of trampolines. You find what it is for you. But here is permission to stop from both paid and unpaid work and figure out what activities restore and replenish you. In Wayne Muller's book, Sabbath, he writes this on rest when reflecting on the commandment in Exodus 20 to remember the Sabbath. Rest is an essential enzyme of life, as necessary as air. Without rest, we cannot sustain the energy needed to have life. We refuse to rest at our peril. I'm even going to quote Gandhi today because he was a wise man. There is more to life than merely increasing its speed. Amen, Gandhi. So biblically, Sabbath is actually the Hebrew word for rest. You can't Sabbath without resting. It's literally impossible. It means freedom from work or activity. And the foundations of our rest is the rest of God himself. So it's important to note that rest is not synonymous with inactivity. That's a good news for our kinesthetic people out there. Rest is not synonymous with inactivity. God himself is actually dynamic, not static. And so is his rest. It means that when we stop and rest, it doesn't mean staying completely still. Discovering what makes you feel rested is all part of the fun. 
Rest is a restorative break from paid and unpaid work and definitely a ceasing of striving. It's a time of peace and calm. So what makes you feel peaceful and calm? What makes you feel rested? What restores you mentally and spiritually? This becomes part of your Sabbath. Let me share some of mine. For me, nature is essential to rest. So sometimes I head to the mountains now that I live in Melbourne. When I lived in Queensland, and this is probably my most restful place, is the beach. Sometimes I lay in the grass and I feel the ants and the creatures moving beneath me. I ground myself. And I have learned that feeling the earth and the sun and seeing nature makes me feel really rested and it helps me to remember I'm part of something so much bigger than myself. Another thing I do is I eat really slowly on Sabbath in a restful way and I enjoy the flavor and the taste of things. I go, wow, I'm so grateful that I live in a country where I can go brunch like a boss and taste beautiful food. I read slowly on Sabbath because these things produce a sense of rest and they resist urgency. I don't seek to study a text and to master a text, whether it's a book or the Bible. I just receive it in a restful way. I turn off all my notifications because nothing's going to dictate my rhythm but God. My prayer is contemplative and meditative rather than list-based. I play games with the kids and we take our time. I just linger with them a bit longer. This is rest to me. I don't clean. I don't even make my bed. And as one of my favorite podcast hosts said, he looks at his unmade bed and he reminds himself, even in my unmade imperfect state, God still loves me. Sometimes I nap. Sometimes I nap on Sabbath, even out in a park or in the sun. It's awesome. I do something for myself like a massage or a facial, anything that brings me into the bliss that is rest. I rest in God's love and I spend time just waiting on him, resting in his presence. And I rest with him using visionary practices around coming to him weary and receiving his rest. So you need to spend some time defining what is restful and life-giving to you. And again, remember, it's okay if you get it wrong and then you make a note that actually wasn't restful, that was stressful. And you figure out again, something that's restful to you and life-giving. You see, in many ways, our problem with the Sabbath is our understanding of the word rest Because God rested on the seventh day, we should also rest. But obviously, God wasn't resting because he was tired. So rest must mean something different than how we understand it today. Manua, or menuha, is the Hebrew word for rest, just so you don't confuse it with another manure. But it is better translated as joyous repose, tranquility, delight. It is the state in which there is no strife and no fighting, No fear and no distrust. God wasn't napping and chilling out. Instead, God celebrated and delighted and played in his creation. Danby Allender says it this way, God entered the joy of his creation and set it free to be connected, but separate from the artist. You know, the first 24 hours after each of my children were born, all I did was stare at them and bond fall in love with them. The hard work of labor and pregnancy was done, but I wasn't just chilling and napping, that's for sure. I was gazing at this gift, this new creation. 
Or perhaps this is what it was like for God, looking at his new creation and going, isn't she beautiful? Isn't this world gorgeous? So full of potential? Perhaps in the first 24 hours after you were born, isn't he gorgeous? Isn't she perfect? And he can see the end from the beginning in us. This is what Sabbath is meant to be like for us. And it will take time for you to discover what makes you feel rested. The Israelites were figuring out Sabbath for hundreds of years. Be kind to yourself. Just keep notes on what works and what doesn't. The goal here is that you stop and that you rest. So I want to finish by inviting you to reflect on something today. One of the ways to measure whether you are rested enough or not is to ask, how much do I care about the things that I really care about? Okay, ask yourself that question and invite the Holy Spirit to speak to you. How much do I care right now about the things that I deeply once cared about? Because busyness kills the heart, busyness robs us of that sense of passion about the things God has created us to be passionate about. And so asking how much do I really care about the things that I normally really care about will give you an indication of how rested you are. You see, busyness robs us of knowing God fully, but it also robs us of knowing ourselves fully and walking into the fullness of what Christ has called us to. And if we refuse to rest until we are finished, we will never rest until we die. (laughs) It's morbid, but it's true, right? I've heard people say, I'll rest when I get to heaven. I'll sleep when I get to heaven. That is so not biblical. Sabbath dissolves the artificial urgency of our days because it liberates us from the need to be finished. That's Wayne Muller again. I'm going to say it again. Sabbath dissolves the artificial urgency of our days because it liberates us from the need to be finished. So your first reflection question, how much do I care right now about the things I normally really care about? That's going to give you an indication of how rested you are. Here's another one. What would you do for a 24-hour period of time if the only criteria was to pursue your deepest joy? Let me ask that again. What would you do for a 24-hour period of time if the only criteria was to pursue your deepest joy? And if you want to see some inspiration around this, you should check out this cool movie on Netflix called Yesterday. It's like a kid's way of entering into 24 hours of full delight and joy. So there we have it. The second biblical quadrant of Sabbath. We stop and then we enter rest. Next time, we're going to talk about delight. Yes, one of my faves. They're all my faves. Who am I kidding? Hope that you're enjoying this too. And I hope it's helping you. I hope you hear an invitation to try this out. Next week, I'm also going to address some more of your questions. I hope you're loving this series on all things Sabbath. Love you guys so much. Praying for you today. Talk soon. 